Go Man Goats, episode 21. Uh, we're getting straight into it. Uh, this is a, a Tranter's Round Bonanza. Uh, Jack here uh, beat my record just a couple of days ago on Tranter's Round. So it was an absolute <laughs> delight to, to see uh, Tranter's Round getting some much-deserved international attention. It's my favourite round. Uh, it's the highlight of Ramsey's round. It might be Jack's favourite round or one of. <laughs> uh, and it's such an aesthetic, logical circuit of these, these Le Cabra hills. So um, we're going to have a ton of yeah, tranter geeking out. We're going to find out about Jack. Um, I have a history of mispronouncing American <laughs> surnames, so sorry, Hillary. So I'm going to start with uh, saying, hi, Jack, can you uh, introduce yourself, full name, and uh, yeah, who are you and where are you from? Um, yeah, so Jack Kenzel. Uh, I think it's originally it's supposed to be Kinsla or something. I don't even know. You know, it's Swiss and Kenzel. Kenzel, though, is how we pronounce it. I was definitely going to butcher it. Yeah, yeah, we're we're butchering it. I'm sure. I'm sure a Swiss person would say I'm butchering it. But um, yeah, uh, from originally from Connecticut, uh, just like about a small kind of like rural area, about a hundred miles north of New York City, and uh, yeah, running in the summer and skiing in the winter. At least that's what I've done for the last couple of years or so. So yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. And and Finley didn't <laughs> Finley didn't mention that he uh, you had a pretty cracking tranters around a couple of days ago also uh, the only the a couple Finley's <laughs> I was like obviously I like tapered for mine but Finley you know won out and he won the Tomb of Wars race on Saturday and then he went and <laughs> raced the tranter and took off eight minutes off his time the night before which was pretty pretty insane so. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. I think it, it feels like it's it's been a busy time for for everyone. <laughs> so so yeah, Tranters. Um, yeah, that's a brief brief history. It's two th the best two thirds of Ramsey's. It's, it was the original twenty four hour Monroe Challenge. Um, it's about sixty kilometers, six thousand meters of ascent. Um, um, yeah, it's a cracking route. So I I got the record first in twenty sixteen in ten hours fifteen something like that. Twenty twenty, I got it down to nine hours. Uh, and five seconds <laughs> and um and then yeah it was obviously on my mind to, that we needed to go under nine hours and jack uh, <laughs> jack had been in touch we hadn't met uh and um i don't i don't think well you haven't been to the uk i don't think before so uh no you're not not known in the uk and, <laughs> no. we hadn't met and, and you sort of said well i'm around i'm gonna do ramsey's and uh you know we should meet up for a run and i was like yeah yeah that, that'd, be, that'd be good and then Eventually, we did meet up and we ran on the bend and we just talked non-stop. It was, it was great. Um, had, yeah, some good, good descent. I was like, oh, this guy can, can, can descend, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we roped you into doing the marshalling at Tuba Moore's race. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, I'd already been thinking, yeah, I, I want to have another go in Tranters, like to pick my, uh, get a bit more distance in the legs, but also see what it feels like after doing all this racing and this short stuff. But anyway, then you, you were saying, oh, I'm going to do Tranters. <laughs> so we both knew we were both interested, uh, but not the exact days. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, I, I had a fun day. Um, you've put me on to talking about myself, which is meant to be mostly on you. Don't worry, we'll get that. <laughs> so this is setting the scene. Um, I, I, yeah, I took like oh, about seven minutes off my record, so I got under the, eight hour, uh, under the nine hours. Uh, and then the next day you went out and, and uh, had an absolute stormer. <laughs> <laughs> so um let's get onto that in the details of that in a minute but first like yeah what what's the crack like what's brought you what's brought you to scotland and and like how long have you been here what what's your plan yeah so i uh 
I race kind of the more the technical kind of steeper stuff that you guys have here uh, is kind of what I like to race. And in the U.S., we just we just unfortunately we don't have a ton of it uh, out east. There is there is some really good stuff, um, but I, I mean, I, I had raced I had raced a lot of it out east, and I was kind of like running out of projects that I was like really stoked on. Out west, the trails it's kind of like out west. It's it's very polarized. Either you have on trail stuff that's very non technical and honestly, in my opinion, kind of boring, or you have the off trail stuff, which is often uh, fifth class and is a little bit outside of my comfort zone. So I was, I was planning on coming over to, I was kind of always been looking at the Bob Graham. Uh, and then I think John Kelly and following him on Instagram kind of turned me on to the Ramsey and the Patty Buckley. And then really, I mean, I had a very kind of like cursory understanding and I just, I felt like Ramsey was probably the most, most technical. Certainly it's the highest. And that's kind of where I was like, yeah, that's kind of probably most my style. I think there was also a tiny thought I had where it was like unsupported on the Bob Graham really isn't a thing. And so I was like, okay, I got to go over and race something in the UK or in Europe so I can like get support on the Bob Graham, honestly. Um, ding, and- ding, this is like a call for support. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, not to say like me racing the, like, I mean... I think the Tranter is probably my one of I don't it might be my favorite running route. I say this about every running route that I like at race. Uh, <laughs> I kind of have a tendency to do this, but yeah, I just absolutely loved it, and it was just so fantastic. I'm not a huge fan of the off the uh, like super like the running uphill on heather on like moss and sponginess and bog. Like I don't love that, so it kind of turned me off the Ramsey. But uh, yeah, the Tranter is just uh, it's just amazing. So yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, what um, can you tell us? Yeah, a bit about your your background because, like we said, you're you're sort of an, an unknown entity in the UK, and uh, uh, I've I've been looking a bit on fkt.com, and you've got a lot of impressive running there <laughs> and, and skiing as well. Um, what can you tell us about a few of those things? Yeah, um, so I was in I was in the Navy in the US until October November of last year, and that kind of like limited what I could do a fair bit. Like I wasn't able to get out and do a ton of skiing in the winter. Certainly wasn't able to do any like ski FKTs and a a big problem in the U S which you guys fortunately don't have here is, uh, a lot of stuff is so high, especially out West. And so you really need to be acclimatized to effectively race that stuff. So living in Virginia, I wasn't able to do a lot of things out West that I really wanted to. I, I raced last summer. I raced a ton in the Northeast. Honestly, the running is like extremely similar. Uh, to that here, it's it's above and below tree line, which is slightly different, but is is generally is generally otherwise about the same. Uh, so I raced a lot in the Northeast, kind of at like the twenty mile to mainly the twenty mile distance, and then like once at the fifty mile ish, and then like once at a, at a hundred miles, which I didn't I didn't even finish that, so it wasn't quite a hundred; it was more like seventy five. But uh, and then over the winter, yeah, a number of a number of kind of like ski projects kind of like round trip ski fkts out west we on the volcanoes there is kind of a tradition of racing those for an ascent time like in cross country or track spikes okay yeah yeah so i did that on uh on mount shasta uh so yeah that was kind of my i would say honestly if i were to think about like the three like 
I don't know, maybe I'd go broad, broadest, like proudest accomplishments, maybe three, but certainly three endurance accomplishments. Like I, I would have trouble picking between like, I think Shasta in track spikes, like hood, Mount Hood on skis up in Oregon, Shasta's in California, and then the, probably the Tranter. I don't know okay. what I, I, I cool. it might honestly be the Tranter. It might be like my, my proudest. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, and this this mountain hood hood on skis because if you if you put your name into uh, a YouTube, <laughs> it comes up with you in your underpants on uh, on skis. <laughs> yeah, mountain yeah. hood. What well, tell yeah. us a wee bit about that? Um, yeah, so Mount Hood, uh, highest mountain in Oregon. Um, it's honestly it's kind of a funny one because the route for the FKT is half just up a ski resort, and then there's like a bit above a ski resort which is really not very technical. And then right at the very end is like, you have this like kicker that's like pretty, is a little bit tricky and dangerous. There's like a, there's some crevasses, uh, a little bit. I think, I don't know how often people fall into them. It's pretty unusual. I think like generally people don't rope up in there. And then there's a a good steep bit at the top where you could, you could fall and and you could kill yourself and people, people have, and is is generally the, the upper 500 feet is, I don't think has ever been skied. It might've been skied. It would be, it would be gnarly to ski down the like traditional direct uh, kind of like ascent line on the south side. That would, that would be gnarly. I'm sure people have skied off the summit a uh, slightly different route, but um, yeah. So I went and uh, yeah, I raced it. Uh, it was just gets really hot because of all like the solar radiation and sometimes there'll be no wind. And I just found I would, I would always like be soaked in sweat trying to go up there and usually I found I would go up and I would just wear like a long sleeve and like a pair of tights and I would just like roll them up above my knees and pull the the long sleeve so when I went to race it I was like okay you know that's that's the starting point at a lower level of intensity I'm already basically in a short t-shirt doing this so if I'm racing it then uh you know I gotta probably cut some more fabric off okay (laughs) so yeah I had some people I had some people up there who were kind of like directing traffic and holding people off like certain parts of their course like a little bit while I was coming through and it was like very nice that people like let me through and everything and so worst case <clears throat> if I had like epic off the top of the mountain and fallen like they would have you know put a put a down jacket on my body before I you know froze to death or something um, so. and it was like like an hour and a half like uh, just over wasn't it yeah uh, yeah hour nine yeah hour 16 up and yeah uh, like 15 down yeah oh, cool yeah it's a good yeah. one that's a good one yeah yeah so that that was uh, was that this April? That was this April. Yeah, that was this yeah. April. And then in June you did the White Mountains hundred. Yeah. Was that hundred and four miles, something like that? Yeah. So that's um, so the Appalachian Trail, like generally the hardest section of the Appalachian Trail is considered to be the section in New Hampshire, and especially the the bit that goes over the four thousand foot mountains in New Hampshire, okay. and so if you take the distance from the road crossing south of the furthest south 4,000 foot mountain to the distance of the road crossing north of the furthest north 4,000 foot mountain on the Appalachian Trail, it's exactly 100 miles. Okay. Um, exactly 100 miles according to like the official Appalachian Trail distance. Like my watch would consistently get less and it would always okay. bother me. But um, yeah, so about 100 miles, about 35,000 feet of climbing. Um, I was honestly, I was hoping to do it a little bit faster. Like that's one that, I, it's just really hard for me to judge because no one else has raced it. So it's just okay. hard for me to say like how, how fast I, I did it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just relentlessly, relentlessly technical uh, in, a, in a way that's because it's a lot of 
you're jumping down. The trails are almost like so eroded in some places, I guess, kind of, that there's just big rock slabs and like big features that you, to move quickly, you have to jump down repeatedly. And it's only, you know, maybe it's two feet um, or a foot and a half, but you're doing that, you know, thousands and thousands of times. And it just like, uh, it just like demolished me by the end of it. It was just, you know, very, very challenging. And, um, and just for us to picture it in the UK, is, is that like, is it sort of a, a single track that's just winding yeah. through the forest? There's rocks, there's, there's roots. You're, you're really windy and, and sort of... Yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, not a ton of like really... There are some sections that, that do get very rooted on the Appalachian Trail, but there's not a ton of like roots. It's more just like the rocks that are the issue. Okay. And it's... There are, I would say, of that 100 miles, there are probably the presidential section and then the Franconia section, I would say, look a lot like you know, the Lakabar Ridge, kind okay, of. Okay, all right, okay. It's kind of like that. Like so you're a, way above the trees. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're way above the trees, and it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's extremely similar to, um, if you're going from like, you know, over here in the Grey Quarries, it's honestly very similar to like, you know, it's not marble, it's granite, but it's yeah. like very similar otherwise. It's just kind of stony, but it's really, I think the most technical bits are kind of when you're transitioning like right there coming above below tree line. And that's just when it's, yeah, just winding single track. And it's just, yeah, it's gnarly. I mean, it's, it's epic. It's really, it's a really, really great route. It's like fantastically beautiful and, um, covers such like insane terrain, but, uh, yeah. And, and you mentioned part of that traverse was the presidential traverse, which you've also yeah. got the FKT on last year. Yeah. Yeah. Last summer. Yeah. So, yeah, so are you, it sounds like you, are you someone who reckes something like a lot and yeah. really gets to know it and, yeah, yeah. So I think part of that came from when I was living down in Virginia, I like wouldn't have a ton of time and I wanted to race this stuff. And so I would just take a week of vacation from the Navy and I would drive up to upstate New York or I'd drive up to New Hampshire and just like every day for the week, like I would just put in like a really, really heavy week and just every day for the week, I would just like run the route. Um, yeah, okay. And I would just like try to memorize it because I think there's like, there's like two sides to it. You have to like learn the route so you don't make any route finding errors and you know where the water sources are and you know like how to move on the terrain but like there's also uh just like learning how to how to run on that stuff and even between like upstate new york and new hampshire and vermont like there are like micro differences to like every single one of these trails like exactly how you like how slippery the rocks here how polished is it how loose are the rocks um you know like to an extent for like the US trails, like you need to be like very explosive because like okay. the trails are very like winding and there's like, yeah, I, there's a bit of just like training your body to that, which is I think is like the same way. I had to like come here and not just like learn your lines for the tranter, but like learn how to like, here it was even harder because it wasn't just like learn your lines and learn like and adjust to the physicality where like the downhill is like a little bit more sustained uh, right. here almost like in the US. The downhills are sustained, but they're like broken up into all these features where like maybe you'll be like, you know, have to use your hands to like come down a rocky bit or something. You'll have to be like steadying yourself. And it's just not as it's not like you're running down like a grassy trod or something. And you just like sure. get like yeah, good yeah. turnover, just like pounding on your quads as much. Um, and then also here is just like learning like, you know, you can go off trail and you can like cut switchbacks and cut turns and everything. And that's like took a second to adjust to also. So, yeah, well, that. That's, I find that amazing that, yeah, you've sort of taken the time not only to come and do our 
rounds in the, the wee UK, but also um, like actually come and put your, you know, your I suppose technique of, uh, you know, recce and getting to know it uh, into Tranter because you, you really need that on these hills. Um, I think it'd be really difficult to to come and just fly in and arrive on Tranters and just follow a watch. You know, um, yeah. you sort of need to need to know it because it is technical. So it's been great. Um, hearing because I, I think you've you've done uh you've been here a f- good few weeks haven't you yeah for about a month now yeah and i think like as these i was almost thinking when i came out here like as things get more stiff like maybe like 50 60 70 years from now i wonder if there'll ever be a tradition of like on sighting or like flashing okay. routes for time yeah like somebody comes from the u.s and like on site the tranter under you know 10 hours or something is like a, an achievement or something and i could i could almost kind of see something like that um, which would be kind of funny. Uh, yeah, so, so. so it's just uh, similar in climbing, but yeah, so I yeah. suppose a, a leveler that you're doing something, yeah, on on site, so you don't have the advantage of local knowledge. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that would be that, that would be that'd be interesting. Just as like things get like so stiff, and like you know, once Finley re-races the Tranter and takes it under eight hours, then it's everyone's going to give up. <laughs> I don't think that'll be happening. But uh, yeah, let's because this yeah let's let's come back to the Tranter. Okay, so. So I managed, managed to take a measly uh, seven minutes off my, my previous <laughs> record. And then the next day you took, uh, it was about 15 minutes off me, wasn't it? Yeah, 14.30, I think it was. I think you were 8.52.53 and then I was 8.38.25, I think it was. So 14.28, yeah. And, and tell me, yeah, well, we, I suppose the next thing I was going to ask was about preparation, but you've, you've yeah, answered quite a bit about, about that when we first met on the, the Ben that time and we were saying, oh, have you been to Glencoe or Sky? Or, and you were saying, no, I've just been <laughs> running the Tranters around and, and then uh, Ramsey's as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw, I think I saw all of the Tranter, I think three times. I don't know if I saw any bit four times, uh, possibly the Ben. Uh, okay. But yeah, I would, I think the two kind of like scouting routes I came up with that were most effective were like uh, starting at the youth hostel I put my bike at like the Upper Falls parking lot, start at the youth hostel, and then like run all the memoirs to on Gearnock and then bike back to the youth hostel. And then I could, I would go and do like a yo-yo like out and back to like Onik Moor area or like just before Onik Moor, like Cole just before Onik Moor. And then like the big run that I did um, twice was like Upper Falls parking lot uh, and then just hiking directly to on Gearnock and then running the entire Tranter around to the coal before CMD. Uh, and so just getting the flow because like, that, cause that's a, yeah, that's a big section of it. That's brilliant. Yeah. And cause I feel like if you go out, what I noticed was when I was scouting the stuff in New Hampshire was it would be way easier to start at either end and just like out and back, like some of these traverses to start at either end and like one day like out and back the north side and the next day out and back the south side and like just go to the halfway point because the okay. route would be too long to out and back the whole thing. Oh yeah. But I found that when you're running it in the wrong, when you're running it in the opposite direction that you'll race it in, it's like almost useless yeah. for like route finding and everything. And I really noticed that here when like I like marshaled for two memoirs and I did the bit from, you know, Stoban uh, all the way, you know, back right, down. Yeah. Yeah, to Mulak and then back down. I did it backwards and I had like no idea where the hell I was going. Like I could kind of, I could figure it out, but the lines like were not efficient that I, like I was taking going the other way. It can, I find it can mess with your lines because you want to be able to sort of roll it out in your mind in order as you get to yeah. 
going whichever direction so it can't yeah so it can mess with you a bit if you go the opposite way yeah and some of the lines you have are quite scary when you go the other direction like the uh the onic bag you know when you go the onic bag and you have an exposed bit where you like come onto that face and like the first time i did that it was like raining clagged and i just come around the corner and i'm like where the fuck did the did the trail go and uh yeah, because you would go for, like, if you came into that trying to go fast down that, like, you could go for a, a ride if you mess that up. This is the steep bit from Anik Beg uh, down to the Great Corries, is it? Yeah, yeah, down yeah, to yeah. this the water source that was yeah, dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right here on this face, whatever that is, yeah. Um, not the gully, you know what I'm saying. You know what yeah, I'm, yeah, 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 that face there. The um, ridge near the gully, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sphinx yeah. Ridge, it gets gold. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Cool. So yeah, so you spent a, a good, like a, a huge amount of time really wrecking it. And what what sort of distances were you doing? Um, um, I, I as an aside, I found it this year because I've been doing kind of quite a lot of short races. Yeah. Uh, like back to back racing weekends. Like I was like, oh, you can't really do short races and short race training and still keep your distance up yeah. and your, your weekly mileage. So, um, but what? Yeah, you felt like you must have been clocking up some pretty big weekly mileages yeah I, I i honestly i don't think it was uh it was like i think i actually had a little bit higher when i was going into the hundred in new hampshire but yeah i think okay. my peak week here was probably i think i had a week that was about 120 miles and about okay. it was 120 miles like forty thousand feet of climbing and then i did an additional uh speed workout like on the stairmaster which like wasn't included there i think i had maybe had two a, you know, a week. And then there was like a bit where like I had that week and then I went immediately into another week and I like knew I was probably racing soon and I like front loaded all the volume. So there was probably a week where I had like, if there was a seven day period where I definitely had like potentially like over 150 miles and probably like, I don't know, 50, 60,000 feet of climbing in there. It was, yeah, it was the so week. That... It was, it was like, it was like right before I saw you on the Ben, I think was like, okay. it was like leading or like maybe it was during the Ben, but it was, yeah, it was right in there. I think I like, I think I forced a lot of volume on, but it ended up being okay. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's a, a, a huge volume. Do you think, do you think that's been key in your sort of yeah. in these longer things? I think so. Yeah. And, and I mean, we were kind of talking like, um, I think the more, the more running that you do aerobically kind of at lower intensities, kind of the, the more your kind of aerobic capacity increases. And I've gotten to the point where like my aerobic capacity, like what I can sustain for nine hours is like forced. I'm sure you're probably the same way. It's like forced right up to like where, what I can sustain for an hour almost. And so when I like, if I were to time trial, like the start to Moloch, I don't think I could do it much faster than I did it. Then you did it on your trend. And like, yeah. especially when you have like the downhills to like recover a little bit. And it's just like, and I had your split. So it was like every single summit, I was just like, it was like a race. Like I get to the summit, lap my watch. And it was like, okay, I got to make it to the next summit. And by the time I got over to the gray quarries, um, I was like, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lose it. If I keep trying to race Finley from every, <laughs> between every single summit. And uh, I just like stopped looking at my watch until I got to Anik Moore. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it's just like the pace just, I think because I do so much volume, like the pace from like the very first second to like all the way around, it just felt unsustainable. And I felt like I was going to blow up the entire time. 
And I like wanted to slow down, but I was like, fuck, like if I slow down, I'm not going to be able to, like, I'm just going to give up the record if I slow down. Um, no. And uh, I don't think we mentioned before, you, you're, you work as a, a coach for uphill athlete, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because that I think we talked about it on the podcast before, and the books over there. Tr- yeah, training for the uphill athlete, which is, oh yeah, there it is. Know, really yeah, interesting, uh, useful book. Yeah, for yeah, me. yeah so great. yeah, you're obviously uh, training along those those lines. Yeah, that's exactly. Really working for you. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, right. I think I think we should like, get get into more depth on, yeah, on yeah. the actual day, if that's all right. Absolutely. Because, yeah. Um, um, you'd you told me you were going for it, and. Uh, you know, I said, good luck, and you're going to have a great time. And you'd sent me, like, your, um, your in-reach, like, your Garmin uh, sort of tracker, which isn't, isn't like the kind of, um, like, the trackers people have for, like, uh, I forget what they're called. Most people who do, like, Bob or, or Ramsey's or something, it's like a tracker that kind of picks it up continuously, whereas yours oh, is more of a, a blip every, was it 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Yeah. You could set it, I mean, I don't know how... You're just gonna run to probably issues with the battery, battery life yeah. if you set it. But like, I only used like a a, th- a quarter, a third of the battery over over nine hours at ten minutes tracking. So you could probably turn it up a okay. good deal. Um, um, yeah, and obviously you had your, your watch as well. Yeah, but uh, I yeah I I haven't done a ton of dot watching uh, before, but yeah, I was like <laughs> pretty excited, and, and you you set off and uh, yeah, you set off hard. You were you were. Uh, I think two minutes faster than me up Mulak, so like fifty-four so, yeah. minutes instead yeah. of fifty-six. But um, yeah, what what was the the plan? The kind of up, coming up to the day, like the day before, and the kind of the morning of. What, <laughs> what was that like? Yeah, so like I always think like the worst thing about uh, doing these things is like the days prior because like I don't know, like I'm not like I've got no pressure to do this, like I've got no money on the line or anything. But like I just get like so excited. Like it reminds me of when I was like a kid, like for Christmas. It's not like a, but it's not like a purely like fun excitement. It's like a, you know, it's just like kind of like nervy, you know? So like I had like trouble sleeping and like, I just like really wanted to get it started. And then, uh, yeah, the morning of like my plan was I had, I had looked at your splits for nine hours and I had tried to run a lot of those splits and I, I had, I had trouble running, running those splits just between the, between the peaks, uh, towards the beginning. So I knew that your, I felt like your start to certainly through the ring of steel, I thought was extremely fast. And I felt there was like no way I was going to hang on there. And so my plan was just like, try to match your splits as best as I could and just like okay. not sweat it to scare the more. And then, which is the last peak, you know, on the Memor side. And then uh, I knew I felt like there was some time to make up in the second half. Yeah, sure. So I knew I just had to hold on. But the other thing was, you know, Totally, totally, obviously not, not your fault or anything, but when your splits came the night before, I was like, I like knew the splits from the nine hours and I had like <laughs> ran, I had ran pretty much all those splits. And, uh, and so I was like, I wish, what I wish I'd done differently is I wish I had written down your nine hour split and then your oh, yeah. split from the day before. So I knew where the differences were because oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really appreciate, um, it seemed like your pace was like fairly, it was, it was, it wasn't like purely like just faster than 2020. It was like, you were, you were certainly, you were faster to, um, I think it was like at Skiraldi more, I think you were like five or six minutes up maybe. Yeah. And then you lost a good, I think, uh, like maybe you lost a couple of minutes, I think going to Stobon 
Here, I thought I thought you split this fast, but you think you split it. Uh, Stobon to, to yeah, Stobkoy, Clary, and in, in the Grey Corries. Yeah, I think I mean that would fit with my experience was that and and how my legs are. You know, I haven't been doing distance, so yeah, I tried to go faster on the first half, and then it was kind of hanging on in the second <laughs> half. But I, when you said about sticking to the splits before you, you raced it, I thought yeah, but when you're on the day and you're fired up and you're on your attempt, you just find this extra gear and. Uh, if you do find you're able to dude yeah match things and yeah. it is weird it's like i will run stuff in training if you had run an 839 i don't know what i would have done like i would have i would have uh i mean i guess i would have showed up and, and and just tried to run it as best as i could and just saw what happened but like yeah like before this i was like god this is like so incredibly fast like i'm probably not gonna break it but i'm here so i'm gonna give it a shot and it was crazy, but race day, it's just like something just clicks in my brain. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it just goes okay, I guess, you know? But also you might have, if, if, if the record was, was 8.39, no. you would have just thought, oh, well, that's the record, so I need to match that. And oh, yeah. Just like, um, yeah. you know, you, you can only beat, it, it kind of resets, doesn't it? When whatever the record is and you want to beat that, you sort of adjust yourself to that. Yeah. I, I think, I think you, you would have, yeah. Gone, gone even faster. Maybe. No, I don't think so. That's what I was going to push back on. I was like, there's no, I don't think there's any, there's any way. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I came off the, the start. The other thing I knew was the fastest I had ever made it down the bend at a pace that I thought was comfortable and made sense for the end of the tranter was about 35 minutes. Okay. And 35 minutes is, I think, what you split it for like your Ramsey and like both your tranters. I think we're like... Okay might have been all at 35 minutes and then this most recent tranter you did it at 31 minutes and so half the time you cut was from just the bend descent i think okay um so it was it was definitely it was a few minutes certainly but yeah yeah you, you maybe you i don't yeah i think i was yeah. I, that was at least three or so okay did you notice that were you really hauling coming down the bend or something or mm, i didn't notice it specifically mm. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's funny because uh, I obviously didn't know you were going to go the very next day. <laughs> so I, my new record stood for less than 24 hours. But then <laughs> and you said to me, you, you'd calculate the splits and then you only saw my, my new one like at 10 p.m. or something. Yeah, yeah. It was, calculate all your... I was on, well, it was, it was the funniest thing was I was on the phone with some guy in New Hampshire and he was like, we were talking about training and I went to look at his Strava and I just went to the Strava homepage and like the Strava algorithm was like, you know, you need to see this. And it was your tranter because it knew it would, you know, drive me crazy. Um, but it's so funny because like there's like a parallel universe where I like never, you know, I guess you would have probably texted me. I think if you, yeah. there was a parallel universe where I like never saw your tranter and I got up the next morning and uh, I just ran it. Oh, and yeah. I don't know. I would be fascinating to run the simulation to see like whether I would have gone as fast. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was, that was, that was funny. Um, so you're yeah, watching the, the tracker um, you, yeah, you were, you were fast um, starting out the first, those first peaks. And then you'd said to me about screw of Iams or Devil's Ridge, you felt my nine hour splits were fast, but then you were, yeah. you, so it's the band to screw of Iams summit. I think I did uh, 28 or 9, but you did like 26 or, no, I, or something like that. It was you did a couple of minutes faster, faster yeah. anyway. Yeah, so it's just, yeah, that's, um, 
that's like beautiful classic like scottish like some yeah. of our best terrain you know and it's uh, and yeah. it's pretty rough and yeah, yeah obviously you uh you excelled at that <laughs> it was like he is he is on fire and um you know a few people um who thought maybe you're going to blow up because we you know we don't we don't know yeah, you who'd you send the tracker um, to yeah just just a few folk who have who, um yeah i run with a ski with a bit okay okay, and, okay. Uh, that's like, too funny like as who you're going for, yeah as uh, who had ramsey's round record before and you're going for dinner tonight yeah, yeah. And uh, I said, I don't think he is. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to smash it. <laughs> I told, then, <laughs> I said, well, so I messaged my friend back home. And uh, he was like, well, you know, clearly if Finley went and raced it right now, then, you know, he thinks that you have a shot at it. And I was like, wow, I just need to like believe in myself as much as Finley maybe does. <laughs> um, well, I'm, glad, I'm glad that could help you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it did. Um yeah, and I suppose you've said, yet yeah, you you were just really pushing on and you found this extra gear on the memoirs. What um what happened? So you were how much up on me yeah. when you were at the end of the memoirs, like screw so, up the more. So what happened was is I think I was I think the way it went was um I was about two minutes up at Mullock, and then I think I was about two forty five up at Stoban, and then at Skir Mahaim. Uh Skir I think Skir Mahaim. Screw of aim. Screw of aim. That's what I say, anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have so much trouble with these. I think I maybe was about four minutes up. And then I just, like, maintained the same level of exertion all the way to Skir Eldemore. And, uh, but, like, you gained on me. And I was looking at the splits. There was one, I don't know which one it was. It might have been, um, I, I don't know. I'm not going to guess. But there was there was one section. It might have been on Bodak to Stobe Corey, a Cairn, possibly. And uh, we split it at the exact same oh, down to the okay. second. You know, this our our, our split was okay. exactly the same. And a lot of the splits were just like you were just just a couple seconds faster each time. And by the time I got to Skirley Moore, I think I was only three minutes up. And I was like, oh my god, like he's just gonna, you know, we were kind of talking like when you're behind, like three minutes behind would seem like insurmountable but when you're ahead you're like that's one trip you know that's one like could be one bad fall or that's like one route finding mistake or that's um you know that's that's not much um yeah you put it really well in your in your route um right up about yeah if you're three minutes ahead feels like an inch three minutes behind feels like a mile <laughs> something like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i think okay. a lot of that is just because like I knew that you didn't like explode all of a sudden in the next, you know, bit. Like I knew you made it through okay. Yeah. So like I know I'm just one bad fall away from losing that time. So I think it does kind of make make sense. Um, and then you made quite a bit of time on that. That the kind of the psychological crux of the route is like off Skirrel de Moor down yeah. into the the valley and it's boggy and and grassy and then you have yeah. to climb this never ending climb up back onto. <laughs> Onto Staban, but um, of the Gaikaris, and you made quite a bit of time there, I think, didn't you? I think I think I did. I think I made a lot of time there. So, a couple of things that were kind of funny about that section. So, first, like coming from the U.S., like the U.S., I had no idea how far south the U.S. was compared to like Scotland. Like we're up like in southern Alaska, you know, right now, and uh, and the U.S. is just so much hotter. Like I I didn't do any like sort of heat training or I didn't think about heat at all for this and I was really regretting that 
on right. that climb up Stoban because just the sun was just baking on me. I mean, it was probably, you know, 70 degrees Fahrenheit. It probably was not very hot, but I was just, I was just absolutely roasting. And uh, I did, you know, there is that little tricky bit right down by the river. I think you go kind of like way left to avoid this like one really boggy side on the far side of the river where it's just like kind of muddy. And I just like try to go straight through it and try to take like a, a straighter line, but it is boggier, the line that I, I was okay. taking. And at one point I like jumped off this like big kind of eroded yeah. bank and I went like right into the mud and I like went up above my knees and I'm like, oh, I was like crawling out of that. Uh, but yeah, I put in my scouting, the section I put the most focus on was, was that section from Skirali Moore to Stoban because I felt like that was the section that was most different from the United States. Like that was a section I was going to be like least experienced at. So I was like, I really wanted to like figure out how to kind of like run in the heather and like avoid the bog and everything. So I, I did put a lot of focus. And the other thing that was kind of funny was when I went and, um, I tried to run, uh, from, you know, from Angirnak to past, uh, Anak Beg or Anak Moor, I tried to, when, when I did a one scouting lap, I tried to run that almost at your nine hour splits, yeah, okay. like close to. And for some reason, I thought from Skiraldi Moor to Stoban, you did it in an hour. Okay. And you did it in an hour and five. Yeah, and so yeah. I went out and I like destroyed myself trying to get that time like under an hour. Okay. And, I, and then later I saw it was an hour and five and I was like, oh, okay, well, I think I could, I could definitely do an hour and five, I think. Um, I think so. it's total dedication because that's the hardest part of the round to get to. It's kind of yeah. the least fun bit. Um, yeah. It's definitely the bit I've done the least. Oh, okay, you know? okay. Um, but yeah, it obviously paid off. You know, you, like you said, getting to know that terrain because I wondered how you'd be on that side because you probably, uh, on that type of terrain because you probably yeah. don't have that as much back home. But like, you, like you've explained, you, you knew you needed to get good at that and you, yeah. you just focused on it. Well, it was funny because I remember when I was, Stoban, going up Stoban from the river was the only place I deviated from your lines. And we were kind of talking about this, like you take a more direct line. Uh, there's like this, when you go up, uh, there's like this sub-summit. What is this? Yeah, Mila Vurik. So yeah. there's that, that sub-summit and you kind of skirt on the right side of it. Yeah. And then you have to come down a little bit to this little coal. And then from there, if you take a straight line up to the summit of Stoban, it kind of like side hills a little bit. And it yeah, looked yeah. kind of a little bit more like tufty and kind of, um, you know, it looked like there was a little more undulation. And so I kind of like, I went lower on this... Um, on this lower hill and I actually like took a line that was kind of similar between your 2016 it was like the average between your 2016 and your 2020 and then once I got to the coal I kind of cut straight left up onto the Stoban Ridge okay. and then just ran the ridge and I think it was a, it's probably a little bit further distance wise but you're not side hilling and up on top of the ridge I think it drains better and it's like more yeah. runnable and you can kind of get a little bit of turnover up there makes sense so um, this is like the kilometer really up to Stoban. yeah like yeah yeah that bit right there on the ridge uh, right on yeah. the, the crest of the ridge yeah. yeah yeah and there's a little bit of a trot up there occasionally so um just towards the end it's not much but it helps a little bit so yeah so so i that so that section i think i did i did chop some time on you i think you did that section i think slower than you did it in 2020 yeah, yeah. and i think in 2020, I think you did an hour and five. I think this time you did like an hour and 6.30 or something, maybe. Just, just an hour six, I think. Hour but six. Yeah. 
but yeah. And I think this time I did like an hour and one in something, hour one thirty maybe. Um, and so I got up to Stoban and I was admittedly, I was pretty cooked up there. And then I lost at least a minute 30 on you going up to, uh, Stob Corey, would you say Claire? Clary. Clary. Yeah. Stob Corey, Clary. Um, yeah, I was hoping so. to do that, that split faster. Oh, really? Yeah. I, but, um, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, I was like, I, I wonder how often Finley gets back here to like scout this <laughs> bit to the river to Stoke Pond because yeah. it is not, it's not accessible and it's not terribly pleasant. Um, and then you're, so then you're up onto the gray quarries and this, this, uh, I yeah. absolutely love this bit cause you've turned, you're facing towards the bend. Yeah. It's uh, not far either. It looks kind of close, honestly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Ben Nevis, I don't know if you noticed, but it, it sort of has this, um, a tiny bit of resemblance of half dome a wee bit yeah in, yeah in the, yeah, in the yeah, far yeah, distance yeah. and it towers above everything else yeah in the vicinity and it's it's really cool to be heading sort of straight back for that yeah um, it's neat and and there was because it was so hot i like ran out of water well i didn't i didn't like complete i, w I ran out of water i probably could have made it without it but there were like two places once before on Girnach and then once uh in the coal between stoban and stob Corey Clor glory yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that yeah. I filled up out of some very questionable, dirty little puddles. And like the funniest was I filled up out of the little lock in there at that, at that coal after still bun. And, uh, I like put my soft flask into the water and I like looked into it and it was brown and it was like full of tadpoles. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to dump all the tadpoles out and then like, just like go out into the water a little bit further. And I mean, it took me like, you know, 10 seconds, but, um, yeah, my stomach was like, kind of funky uh all day and i couldn't tell if it was because of the heat or if because i was dehydrated or if it was because of all like the nasty water i'd been drinking um so. so before you tell us about the rest of the route um yeah maybe that's a good time to ask you about like what you're eating what you're oh, drinking yeah. what you were carrying um yeah so i had a i had a i had a race vest that was probably a little bit too um a little bit too minimal perhaps because I think I did, unfortunately, jiggle out a couple of gels like as I was running. Um, and the other thing, I had like the my split card, uh, which was just tucked into the side. It kept like pulling itself out, and I was like horrified. Okay. I was like, I cannot lose this thing. <laughs> um, and so yeah, it was pretty light. But I had yeah, I think across, I think I carried about thirty six hundred calories, uh, or a little bit less, probably thirty four hundred calories. And, uh, I think I consumed probably up towards 3000, I think. Um, okay. and yeah, the vast majority of it was Morton gel, uh, the uncaffeinated, and then a couple of cliff shot blocks, which are each probably like four of those, which are each 180 calories. And then in the U S we have like a very similar, it's like, it's like a, the nut butter, but it's like smaller, uh, like little, uh, you know, race gels but it's like yeah it's a mix of like nut butter and you know a little bit of like carbohydrate fruit butter ish okay. which i don't know i almost felt like the level of intensity when i ate one of, i had only one of those and i was like kind of i wasn't like big on it like it wasn't amazing and I, at the end i finished and i only had those left like i i didn't i didn't okay. want to eat those towards the end um so you so. you started with um how many, like you said about 30 something gels? Probably about, yeah, a little yeah. bit less than 30, yeah. yeah. You were having one of them every... 15 minutes, every 15 yeah. 15 minutes, yeah. Starting at about a half hour in, yeah. 
Because, you, yeah, you, you were telling me about this before, and I did a rough calculation on well, how many calories did I have. But yeah. I had sort of a mixture. I had some gels, but also uh, uh. Tailwind, which is like a, 100 calories per scoop. Yeah. Which is a bit of a faff to put in your bottles, but I've got a sort of system that works okay. Yeah. Um, and I had some bars, Luco Delitos. I don't know if you've seen them. Is it in They're the like store? sugary guava stuff. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, and I had some nut butter and some cliff shots. So I think I had, yeah, like three and a half thousand, something like that. Oh, probably. shit. Oh, yeah, no way. Yeah. Okay. Somehow um, I got the impression you weren't eating at all yeah. out there. No, no. I thought I you mean, just like I mean, went out with like a couple a granola bars or something yeah. and just nibbled on them. No, eating a lot. Okay. But okay. I wonder like when you say about the intensity, because maybe it's, I don't know if it's, long enough for you to get the advantage out of the like the nut butter stuff maybe yeah. better just with the same calories and gels but then they're a bit heavier i don't know it's interesting. interesting but yes um uh, w w would you have a, a couple of soft flasks alternating them or just one or? yeah so um i had i had two i had two soft flasks i started off at the beginning and i only started with 500 milliliters of water I thought about actually starting with none and just filling up um, right at the start where the single track meets the dirt road, you know, way below Moloch, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, just, and so just so I could run that initial road bit uh, with nothing, with no yeah, weight, yeah. so I could really stride, but I, th I felt like that would waste too much time. So started with 500 milliliters, uh, filled up again right after Stoban, Memorize Stoban, and that time I only filled up with 500 milliliters of water and the next water is after on Gearnacht. And so that's when I kind of like, before on Gearnacht, I filled up out of that nasty puddle because oh, okay. I, I didn't take enough water. And that was stupid because like, I left my vest for the out and back to Skeeter Maheim, Maheim, yeah. Skeeter Maheim. Um, <laughs> and so like, I wasn't even gonna be carrying that weight. Like I could have just, you know, taken up the climb and just left it and then just downed the bottle when I got up there. Like, so that was, I regretted not always just always filling up a liter of water, but yeah, I felt sure. like there's a lot of water up there. Like yeah. it's, it's the water is like, and when I, when I calculated based on your 2020 splits, when the water was, it's like every like hour and 15 minutes, it's like perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like perfect. Um, like more, I guess would always be nice, but yeah, it's, it's good. Um, yeah, so. I think if, yeah, generally I was like filling up two, two soft flasks each, each yeah. kind of good water crossing and that was generally enough yeah the one there's usually one um coming out from just before you get to Anik Beg. it's called yeah. uh stop curry uh Lilac, something like that so this is the steep one where you've got the option of the ridge or the the gully and um usually there's more snow uh, it wasn't a mega snow year actually last winter so the snow's melted quicker yeah so normally there'd be a bit more of a snow patch higher up which would wow. feed that wow interesting um, so that was dried up when normally that would be there at this time of year, oh. I would say from what I've found in the past. But it's not a major issue because there is water fairly quickly before it. And yeah, yeah. Not, not too far away and then on the other side. So yeah, it certainly didn't slow you down at all. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And um, while we were on the, the, the food and kit uh tell us about your <laughs> shoes your gator invention yeah yeah i'm pretty proud of this one i think i, I gotta give i don't want to give unjust credit but i think zach miller the u.s uh trail runner i think he was the first person i ever saw do this i, I can't remember i think i saw him him do this like years ago but 
uh, when I was running this, you know, just in training, I noticed that I would get some of the rocks and the sand in my shoes. I'm trying to think where, possibly going up Skiralde more, but definitely the worst is coming down uh, Stobkore on Loi. Is that how you pronounce it? Ah, Stobkore and Louis. Louis. Let's, say, let's call it. I'm, I'm probably going to get lots of flack for my bad pronunciation. Oh, no way. The Gaelic, oh, geez. I don't speak Gaelic. Um, yeah, there at that place. So there's a, there's a really nice, like sandy scree descent there. Like it's, it's great. Cause you can really stride it out coming down this thing. But if you do, you're going to get rocks in your shoes. And there, there's another place actually you can get rocks in your shoes. Like coming down the bend is certainly possible. Yeah. yeah. I, I, maybe it was even, I doubt it was over towards Anna Moore, but, uh, like coming down to that coal. But I thought there was another bit where you could have gotten scree in your shoes, but yeah. So I just. I had a old, like this compressive, um, kind of like crew sock, like slightly high sock, and it was getting some holes in it. And so I just like chopped it in half at the heel and like removed the heel bit. And so, and then I cut the toe off. So I had like two tubes that were like fairly compressive and kind of tight. And then I just took those and just sewed them to the top of my shoes. So there was just like this like tube you know, that prevented any rocks from coming in. And it was, it was like amazing. Like I was a little bit worried that I sewed it so tight that it would pull the top of the shoe in and I'd get a little bit of chafing around my ankle, but that I didn't even notice it. And yeah, no issues with, with scree or sand or anything getting in my shoes. So, um, which is, yeah, brilliant. Like I've played around with some stuff like for, um, Bob Graham, I, there's a couple of scree descents that I knew I just couldn't afford to stop to take rocks out of shoes and, yeah, you can run with a bit of rocks in your shoes, but but it just depends. Sometimes it gets one that's really sharp and sore yeah. and you need, you need it out. So, um, especially if you still got to run for another eight hours or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so I was experimenting and uh, I used some, some tape that I would sort of tape okay. around yeah. between the shoe and the sock. And I thought, well, I can rip that off if I need to adjust the shoe or whatever. Um, it worked all right, but then it got a bit wet and it kind of fell off halfway. Yeah. Then Salomon do these shoes that have got this sort of sock gaiter on yep. the top. Yeah. I've been playing around with them. I thought, uh, oh, maybe I can cut that off and put it on some other shoes. But I didn't think of the simple thing, which is, yeah, just sew the socks. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you can buy gaiters to attach, but they seemed, um, uh, it was a bit of extra weight and yeah. there's a potential for, I know the someone who said the, um, you know, the cord underneath. Yes, snap cut, things yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, and if you're trying to run fast, you don't want anything cumbersome on the foot. So yeah, no. I'll definitely uh, be trying to pinch your sock gator idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll show it to you after. That. I mean, it was just it was like it took a minute, but it was like very simple to actually sew it on there. Like yeah. it wasn't too bad. Yeah, and it worked amazing. Um, and I'm not gonna even those shoes. Like I'm not gonna even touch them until the bob, and I'll just yeah, race the bob in them again. So I don't because I think because of the way I I didn't. There was one one of the shoes. I like doubled back to the fabric and I sewed it to itself. So there's like a good attachment point between okay. the gator and the shoe, but the other one I didn't. So there is like a bit, I could see a bit of fraying almost. So I could almost okay. see that one kind of given out. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to play with it. I'm just going to, you know, race with it. So yeah. 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 And so back, yeah, back to the route. Yeah. I suppose you're, you were on the stop Corrie Clary, weren't you? Just uh, heading off in the great Corries. What, what was that bit like? Um, yeah. So I had this little, when I, when I went and I did the hundred, I noticed that I really like missed having, having music with me. 
And uh, so I have this little like Spotify mobile player that's like the size of an iPod shuffle. And so, yeah, I kind of like, it only has five hours of battery. So I was like using it sparingly, but to me that made like a huge difference. And I had like an amazing, I had amazing bit, like some of my highlights, my highlights I think were all in the gray quarries on the downhills because like towards the end, it was interesting. Like normally I feel like on these efforts, my downhills is the ability I start to lose towards the end and the flat running and I retain the uphill ability, but this was kind of the opposite. So I was loving all the downhills and then I would just like turn the music off on the uphills cause it would just like drive me crazy. And I just needed to like, just like kind of eat it. But yeah, so I just had this amazing bit from Strobe Corey Clory, Clory to, uh, you know, the next one over here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just like hit shuffle, had like a bunch of like Rage Against the Machine come on in a row. And it was just, uh, it was just really amazing. You know, the, uh, the clouds had covered up the sun at that point. And it was, it was cooling off a little bit, had a little bit of wind on the ridge. And yeah, it was just, it was just great. Um, and I was like very surprised, like how fast I was able to run that section. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's quick. Like, I mean, I was just, the, the biggest thing for me is I was just like consistently shocked that I was able to like keep, keep going at that pace. Like I just kept thinking I was going to blow up and like, I don't want that, you know, to maybe sound like braggadocious or something, but like, no, no, I like brilliant. literally like, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this. It's like you do all the training. It's just like when you go out and you like look at the memoirs, you're like, that looks like a long fucking way. And then you like run all of them and you're like, you know, I kind of think like, oh, that, that wasn't actually as bad as it looked. Like that was easier. Or like you'll look at the next peak and you'll be like, no way I can get up there in 14 minutes, yeah, 12 yeah. minutes. And then you're over there and you're like, okay, I guess that wasn't all that bad. And so it's just like, yeah, you just... Like, my brain hasn't, like, caught up with, like, the amount of training I've done. And I still, like, the distances, like, still look ginormous. And, you know. So, yeah, yeah, that thing we were saying, yeah, um, it seems really improbable. And you're like, oh, I've got 14 minutes to get to that next peak. But actually, yeah, you, you, yeah, when you're actually racing it, yeah, you do make it. And it's great, I think, having those split times that are relatively short. And you're like, right, on to the next one. And it's like a new challenge each time to make the next split. But the other thing, the biggest thing I wanted to say there on your point was this is quite short for you, really, compared to the training you've been doing. You've been doing like 120 mile. So yeah. like, what's that, 180K weeks more, isn't it? That's, um, yeah, yeah, I mean. That's, that's, so that was, I think that's definitely a standout for me in that this you were able to push on in the second half and actually, you yeah. say you're still going 90% on the downhills on the, yeah. on the second half because you've got so much in your legs. It is, it is really interesting you say that because it's exactly the same thing. There's a very similar r- route of a very similar time duration in the U.S. Uh, called the White Mountain Hut Traverse, um, which is the one. I mean, I don't, I'm torn to say which one you should, you should maybe race someday if you ever were to come to the U.S., but the Hut Traverse would definitely be up there. And it's like... It's tough to say because I think there is some GPS error below tree line in New Hampshire, especially, but I think it's probably about 45 to 48 miles and probably about 15, 16,000 feet of climbing. Uh, and the record is like right around, it's like 958 right now. But when I raced it, I noticed the same thing. Like the guy I raced it again is like, is, you know, does, doesn't do as much volume. And uh, just when we got towards that back half, like I just, found that I just like had the legs just like lasted a little bit longer than yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, which was just interesting. Yeah. It's just literally, I think it just comes down to volume and training. Yeah. Um, that longevity, but 
Yeah, I think we were. Um, we were getting through that. Yeah, so I was, um, I was looking at this and really excited and going, oh, he's, he's going to do it. And then so I decided, I was like, where can I go and see you actually running? Because um, we hadn't made any plan. And, and I had a few things on. I had this appointment at 5 p.m., which was going to be right in a kind of awkward time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously my legs were pretty trashed from running the day before. Oh, so, Jesus. I couldn't even imagine. So, I wouldn't have been able to fucking go anywhere. <laughs> so I was like, right, I'm going to bike up Glen Nevis to the top and then run through, um, you know, past Steel, past Steel Ruin. And then you can come around the corner to basically between Anikbeg and Screwcornic Moor. And I knew you were going to be there. Well, my split was six hours, 24. And so I thought, okay, somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes ahead of me. Like, uh, when, oh, I, wow. when I last looked at my... You were able to calculate that, that exactly. Yeah, oh, but shit. then I okay. went at reception all the way up the Glen, so I couldn't check. Yeah, yeah. So then I, but then I was coming around, it's a long way around, and I sort of got up to this hummock, and I realised, if I go any further, I won't have enough time to get back to the thing I need to go to at five. So I was like, right, I'll just, uh, I was going to sit here on the hill, and I uh, had a quite a good view of the descent that you would have done off Skircoinic Moor, and then you go round Skircoinic Beg. I could see that really clearly. And because, uh, and of course, knowing the exact line, I was like looking very carefully at that point. I had my camera with me. Um, I should have taken the big zoom lens, but I didn't because I thought uh. I was going to be closer. I thought, I'll go get some pictures of him. But anyway, I, I sat there and then uh, I didn't see you come down to Skircoinic Moor. But then suddenly there you were traversing <laughs> around. And it was so great for me because, you know, I spent quite a lot of time... Uh, you know, chugging around these hills on my own, trying to go fast, like in the middle of nowhere. And it was, it was real great to sort of see you doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And having that same kind of enjoyment. And, oh. and yeah, so then I snapped, I got it on the, the maximum zoom and got a picture of you <laughs> just on the, on the kind of ridge line as you go after the, the traverse. Yeah. Which then the only way you can actually see you is if you then like zoom in on your, on your uh, screen. Uh, uh, so it looks totally pixelated. <laughs> I love that photo. Oh, yeah. I think that photo's great. Yeah. That would have um, been so much fun. And you caught me, I think that was the best moment my entire okay. of the entire day was coming down that. Well, I don't I don't I don't know if I want to say that because I knew the uphill that was coming to go up to Anak Beg, like that was weighing heavily on me. But yeah, that downhill, I was just like cuz like I'd always you know what's funny is like um I had gone out there and there had never been a single day where I'd nailed all the lines. Okay. You know? And this time was like the first time I, there was like maybe a couple of minor mistakes, but I felt like every line was like, was like, like almost perfect. And especially that one, I always feel like, you know, I would cheat up too high and then I'd have to like dump a bunch of vert all of a sudden, you know, as I'm like traversing around. But that time was like, you know, um, I mean like a huge, like this would not have been possible remotely, obviously without your GPX file, because like. So like I went through and I had like your Ramsey GPX, I had your 2020 Tranter and I had your 2016 Tranter. And it was interesting because I could overlay all of them in my little mapping application with like Gaia. Gaia. Yeah. Okay. I could put it all in Gaia and I would also go, I went on Strava and I just like ripped a bunch of Ramseys that people would do. The only thing is I had to be careful to always make sure I was getting people who were going the same direction. Oh yeah. Because I didn't want to get lines going the other way. But so I could see where like you deviated from the traditional path. And every time you deviated from the traditional path, like I went through and I wrote down like all those places. Okay. So like I knew all the places where you like deviated from like maybe where the trod is or um, whatever. So I, I had your lines 
uh, in my phone when I'd go and scout it. And then when I raced it, I just had it in my watch. Okay. And so there were moments, I'm trying to think of some good examples, um, but there were many moments where I wasn't even looking up. Like I was just looking at my feet and looking at the watch okay. and just making sure that I was on, you know, there. And that was like more the sections that are um, maybe more technical and there's like no trod and, uh, you know, you'd have to be looking at my feet. But yeah, I would just like look at my watch and then like be looking at my feet. And just as long as I like kept all that stuff together, like I would just be like going perfectly. And like a good example would that be like running down Skirelli more, you know, okay. I just like, you know, just keeping like nailed, like. I always, I joked with Finley prior to this that like, if he had like been taking, you know, been running and like stopped to like take a piss or something, like I would go to like where he took a piss and then like turn and like continue. But like Finley acknowledged that both of us just pee our pants when we're running. So, uh, not really a factor. Um, you're going to get the uphill waddle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, um, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm feeling that you, by the time you were racing it, you knew it so well that if your watch had died like you you know yeah yeah no for sure but like there's places like when you're doing this this traverse uh around skier what did you say skier chronic more okay yeah 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 when you're when when you're going around skier chronic big like that's a that's a good example where yes like i could have done that without the watch uh and i think i probably would have done it okay but you, it's not exactly intuitive. Like you have to, you stay a little bit higher than I think I probably would have, but I think your line makes sense. And if like, if I were to go and just run that, I maybe would like drop a little bit lower or I just like wouldn't take the best because there aren't any features you're aiming for it. Cause you're just wrapping around yeah. kind of like the, the horizon of this hill. Um, so it's kind of hard. Like, yeah, I know, I know everywhere to go. Like I know I have all the lines like in my head and I could run it, but just like, I think when it comes to running it basically flawlessly, it's it's important that it maybe it's just even just for confidence for me that I can look yeah, down yeah. and I can I can see the watch. But there's a couple other bits that are that are kind of confusing. There are some moments though, I think there are some times where I think you don't like coming down Skiraldi Moore to the river, I think there's a moment where I can tell I think you dropped off a little bit too soon. Okay. And then but it's just funny because like it's an accident, you know, you probably made, but now it like became my race route because like, okay. I can't tell, like there were moments where I'm like, okay, Finley didn't mean to do this. Yeah. And then I'll like go and I'll like really look at it and I'll be like, no, like that was like very intentional and it's like definitely faster. And so like, I gave up on trying to like think for myself, except for going up Stoban. I was like, I just got to accept that Finley will always know this way better than I can. And like Finley at 90% is better, you know, Finley's route finding at 90% during the race is better than mine at 100% when I'm sitting down and like looking at the map, you know? Well, it's just interesting the different approaches because yeah. I've, I've lived here a long time. So I, I suppose I, I haven't looked at um, like other people's traces and things and that. Oh, way. yeah. Some of it is kind of just by intuition and like read, yeah. trying to read the ground. But someone else has said they think I go too high on that traverse. Really? Good chronic bag. No way. Because then... I, I, it seems to set me up better, but you could go lower and then... Yeah, um, that's interesting. So, yeah. The other thing I, I learned, though, is um, when you compare your 2016 Tranter to your 2020, you can see the different route choices. You can see how you improved your lines. 
And when I go out and I would approach the terrain the first time I'd run it, I noticed that I would always want to go your 2016 lines. Okay. And I find your 2020 lines would be more direct uh, and often the footing would possibly be worse but there would be less elevation gain and they would just be fa- they would just be sure. more direct and they they I think it would end up being faster. Yeah, um, yeah it was just very interesting because like I like would look at it and I'd like try to put myself into your brain and like imagine you in 2016 doing it and then like coming back in 2020 and doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right. This uh, Hopefully this is um, getting into the levels of trying to <laughs> geeking that, that people were hoping for. <laughs> Um, what, what, um, after that you're going up, uh, well, starting that long climb off Anik Big, um, with the first steep climb and you said you were having quite some issues with cramps. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think what happened was, is like, I was in my, so I had some, I mean, they've been resolved, but there were some, some issues like with, with my financing for a couple of days with my money where there was like a period of time where like I basically ran out of money in between paychecks, essentially very short, very short. But all that to say is I had, I was like, okay, like I got to get really aggressive about not spending money. And so I was just like eating, um, just like the foods I was eating. It was like a lot of like oatmeal and like, you know, nut butters on bread and like oat cakes and everything. And there was just no salt in my diet. And I think what happened was, is like, in the days prior, I noticed like I'd be laying in bed and like my feet would cramp up a little bit. And I like didn't really think anything of it. And I like, honest, I went and like bought some like, you know, coconut water, you know, expensive coconut water. Uh, and I was like drinking that and everything. And like, I didn't want to overdo it though, because I know like they always say like, hey, you shouldn't like preload electrolytes, your body's just gonna like dump them or something. So I was like trying to tread this line and I ended up being on the less salty side of the line. Okay. And because it was so hot, I just, I sweated a ton and I didn't anticipate that. So I only took three salt capsules with me. Fortunately, the cliff shot blocks also have some, some electrolytes in them. The Morton doesn't. Okay. Um, so by the time I think I sweated a ton going up Stoban, I was getting like, maybe like once every 10 minutes, I get a little bit of a hint of a cramp on the Memoirs. And so I was like regularly taking the salt capsules. Like I had three of them. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take them like every, you know, two hours or something. And, uh, when I got over into the Grey Quarries, though, it just got, like, so gnarly. And I just, like, it was eating all the shot blocks I could. You know, I ate my my last remaining capsule. You know, funny, because, like, Tom Owens, he was saying that, like, when that happens to him, he just, like, licks his arm and tries to, like, reabsorb the salt. Um, which I didn't, I didn't even think of that. But, uh, yeah, so I got to the point where initially, like, going up... Um, God, Stove Clory Claire and uh, Stove Clory on, on Louis, uh, I was getting some cramping on the uphills. Okay. And then um, when, by the time I was like running down Anik Beg, Anik Moore, uh, CMD, Ben Nevis, like every single time, like not just the uphills, but like every single time my foot contacted the ground, uphill or downhill, my calf would cramp and my foot would cramp. And like, honestly, like I was thinking during it, like, is this slowing me down? And I honestly don't think it slowed me down, you know, really at all. But it was just, it's just like rocks in your shoes. It's just like annoying, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah. So that was frustrating. Cause like, I would just like step down and I'd feel my foot just like seize up, you know, into like some like, you know, claw. And then I'd like, you know, step down again, it would be okay. Um, 
yeah so uh, yeah uh, it's interesting the sort of the diet even in the two three days up coming up to it yeah because you know often with these things you're sort of there's so many factors you're balancing like t you know for different people it's different things but it could be like time off worked and then like the weather window and then like getting down there getting ready working out your split times especially if someone changes <laughs> at the last minute but then like often like the simple things i suppose what i'm meaning is like like eating well and sleeping well and you know a few days up to uh, around often um they, they can i've definitely had times when they've kind of slipped and i'm like what am i doing i should be you know yeah resting properly but um it certainly sounds like it didn't didn't slow you down much <laughs> well it's um, funny it's like last last summer when i raced all that stuff in the northeast uh i went and i told uh this guy up there i mean you know my, my friend up there i told him like hey look like i'm gonna come through and i'm gonna very deliberately race all of these fkts and i'm gonna do every one of them as perfectly as i could do it because like everybody who had done it before had like either not tapered or they'd okay. run it in poor weather or they'd made it a wrong turn. They just like had all these mistakes that I felt were, you know, uh, you, that I could, that I could, uh, avoid. And yes. every single one of those efforts, except for one of them. So like of the five, every single one, like four of them, I made some mistake that cost me, you know, okay. five, you know, 10 minutes. And, uh, it's just so hard to do it. Perfect. Yeah. It's in so incredibly difficult. You're never going to get perfect, but the, the more things you can li line up, it's cumulative, isn't it? So yeah. You wrecked it really well. You know the route. You've tapered properly. You've got yeah. nutrition, you know, yada, yada. Because, yeah, I think that's the same in a lot of the, the UK's sort of um, rounds and things. Yeah, that's part of the process of it, of it becoming faster, isn't it, over time? People yeah. are having to um, be more diligent yes. to then beat the, the new, the faster record each time yeah. it's faster. And I think, you know, I think when I, when I really think about it, I think like my Shasta hood and then this were like, they weren't, none of those things were completely perfect, but it was like, it's as close to perfect as like I can conceive happening, like, you know, regularly. It was just like, if to try to get like, like what were my issues here? Like I had the cramping, which really didn't cost me much time. It rained a little bit at the end. Uh, and it was hot, okay. you know, that, and, and I slept poorly the couple days before, but like, I don't think that has a huge impact. So like those things, the only thing that probably really saved me, that really cost me time was maybe it was hot, but like, you know, waiting for a weather window is such torture and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just so brutal. And I think the mental stress for me would probably be worse. And like, who knows if I'd ever find a better window than, you know, reasonably than what I got. Like you can get lucky, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I, and I had the exact same thoughts when I talked about when I did my attempt, my Bob uh, last year, because so many things were lining up. I had a great team. I was in good shape. I'd wrecked it well. Um, and it was a good weather weekend. Um, and it was just like a bit hotter than would be ideal for me, but it wasn't hot enough to say it's too hot. Yeah. Because if I'd not gone then, I might have been, you know, it could have been bad weather every yeah. weekend for the rest of the summer. So I'm so glad I went for it. Um, but, um, well, no buts. Um, yeah, I'm glad I went for it at that, po at that point. Because I think, yeah, like you said, it's never going to be perfect. You're only going to get, as, you want as many things as possible to line up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, 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 it doesn't seem like the rain, it started raining a bit on the last yeah. hour, hour and a half, but that didn't seem to bother you too much. And CMD Arette, which yeah. uh, is, is uh, you know, a, a Scottish classic of a yeah. route. Yeah. Um, 
you should you have to go back and do the uh, the kind of stick to the ridge at some point just for fun. Oh yeah, I do need you to took the the bypass. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yeah, just the bypass. Yeah, but it's it's a great yeah, it's a great um, ridge. And you again, you took a few minutes off me coming up there. I think. Yeah, yeah. It started. It's it was just drizzling. A, you know, honestly, the rocks weren't even wet until I got to like the coal right before Ben Nevis. Yeah, yeah. You know, that final that final climb, and then the rocks were pretty pretty uh slick from there to the end but like the grass wasn't like completely soaked like it was a little bit wet like i couldn't go as fast on like you know the the grassy bank alternate that like i wanted to but um it it was yeah it was totally fine and honestly like i was like praying for rain the whole time like i went from you know planning this and i was like okay it absolutely cannot rain during this to like actually doing it and be like oh my god i wish it would rain so bad right now because i was just so hot um but yeah and then just Running down the bend, I knew I was going to lose some time on you, and I was just like, I just can't, I just can't fall right now. You know, I just got to take it easy. And there were a couple places, like even with that mindset, there were a couple places where you just, you know, you step. I don't know how you go so fast. I don't know how how you could go fast like on that section that bypasses the switchbacks up high, because you just get like, the worst is you'll just get on those sections where it'll be like hard dirt and there'll be rocks on top and it's like stepping on marbles you know it's just yeah. really hard to control your feet from slipping out from any of you and i had like a couple of times where i like slipped out and i had to like catch myself okay. you know falling backwards yeah so the top of the the red burn yeah yeah, yeah it's getting yeah. more uh, worn out yeah with, with time definitely so there's really? some, some bare areas that yeah um, yeah i think keeping a, a steady speed so you're not trying to slow down as you're going uh, down it yeah. you want to change you don't want to increase your friction you just want to keep going over it but Hey, yeah. I mean, it didn't, didn't, didn't slow you down. <laughs> what, do, what do you think the uh, fastest is you've ever gone from the summit of Ben to like the top of heart attack descent? Because you don't take that turn during the race. So I imagine your fastest split would be during the race. Um, you, to the top of, oh, heart attack. Oh, yeah. right. Oh, uh, oh I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I bet you did that probably a couple of days ago. You probably did it in 27, maybe 28 minutes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how long it takes to go down the heart attack descent, but, but yeah. What did it feel like coming down the the heart attack to? Oh, the what was the end like? Well, there were so many. There were so many people out there. It was unbelievable. So I just like kept yelling, uh, and people were very nice, except for like there was like this one you know teenage girl who could clearly did not want to be up on a Ben Nevis in the rain, and she was just like standing right in the middle of the, of the path, and I was like, "Excuse me, can I pass on your right?" And she was just like. She just like gave me just like the most like you know sassy look I've ever received in my life, and I was like whatever. Uh, but yeah, like I just didn't want to slip on the rocks, and I just towards the end I just couldn't believe it was ending. I was like, you know, it's just like a an unfathomable amount of pain to get there, and it was like, oh my god, this is actually going to be over at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, and then yeah, just like coming in, and I I got to the end and. Um, yeah, it was just so I actually I actually started my watch at the end of the footbridge, you know what I mean, on the other side of the street. Oh yeah, okay. And then I just ran straight across the street, touched the sign, oh, okay. and then I ran up. So that way when I finished, like if it was like really close, I could just yeah, stop yeah. my watch right at the road. Okay, yeah, yeah. And and I wouldn't get hit by a car. Yeah. And the funniest thing was when I came down, I got to the end of that bridge and I almost stepped into the road and a car went by right in front of me. It was like a couple of cars. So I was like, so I, you know, I stopped my watch and then I ran across and I touched the sign. I, like, you know, you know, for principle, but you know, um, cause I did not, I didn't want to, you know, have it be like, 
8.52, you know, 45, and I was sprinting, and I would just have, like, run into traffic no matter what, and hopefully a car was going to hit me and throw me into the sign, and I could, like, pause my watch in midair. Uh, But, yeah. Yeah, it was brutal, and then I just collapsed. And then, yeah, and then, yeah, you showed up with a bunch of beers, a ton of fun. That was good, yeah, yeah, good to see you. He didn't, he, he looked pretty, uh, he looked pretty fresh. No, <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I, the, the appointment I was at, um, I was at uh, like a, a strength thing I do every week, but um, like a core strength thing, and Norma who runs it, she was, I was saying, I was saying like basically he's, because I knew you were on for it at this point, I was like, he's going to beat it like during this appointment, and then I'll go up and, and see you at the hostel. <laughs> And I said that you'd been in the Navy, and she was like, oh, I bet, I bet he was a Navy SEAL. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. <laughs> she yeah. was right. Um, yeah. how, how's your recovery going? It's three, uh, two days now, isn't it, since? Yeah, you know, uh, I've had trouble sleeping. I think my body is just still kind of like fight or flight, just kind of crazy. So, like, I, I, I have okay energy and everything, but it's just like, yeah, I've just been, like, waking up, like, super, like, earlier than I want to. So just, like, sleeping, like, seven hours a night, you know, which is okay, but, like, not not as much as I want to be sleeping. But, uh, yeah, what I'm noticing right now is um, my right knee is pretty sore, uh, which I've been doing. There's a U.S. personal trainer called the uh, Knees Over Toes guy that's, like, fairly famous on social media, Ben okay. Patrick. And so, like, I, I bought his programming, and I've been doing his programming to try to rehab my knee and I think that really helped. After the hundred, it was pretty bad, but it it came back again. So I got to I got to get in the gym and hopefully strengthen that up. And then I've noticed my calves, uh, both legs, my calves. They feel like when I step, it almost feels like they're cramping, but they're 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 not cramping. It's just like yeah, almost like they're torn or something. Like not quite, but I, it'll be fine. But it's just like yeah, the calves are yeah, just a lot demolished, micro fracturing there, and yeah, I think it was just like. Um, because in like the U.S. Tears, yeah. In the muscle. In the U.S. and the whites. Well, in the U.S., because it's further south, I think, um, anything that's steep is going to get eroded and the rocks. And so it's more like running up a staircase, okay. like anywhere that's steep, whether that's in, you know, the Alpine, you know, out west, or that's like in New Hampshire, like it's all kind of like running up steps. Whereas here, you can get probably a lot more kind of like ankle flexion oh, yeah. and you can get a lot more maybe calf engagement. So maybe that's why my calves are so sore. Okay. Um, yeah. Where in the U.S., maybe it's more like glutes when you're running uphill because it's you know you're kind of like on a, a staircase okay. almost. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah. What What are the next plans? You sort of mentioned them a bit before, but uh, yeah, what's What's next? Um, going down to the the Lake District. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't, I haven't, obviously, I haven't been yet. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, looking at, looking at Killian's record, it looks, you know, totally impossible when I went and I ran, but I, I say that, but when I ran in, in Pentland, I like did like a, a workout on the treadmill and then I did like a lift, you know, for my knee. And then I went straight to Pentland and, uh, I ran something and I was like, okay, I'm going to run this. Like, I think at like Bob pace, okay. like basically. Um, and, uh, like average Bob pace just for like an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. And it, it felt like, you know, it's, that's not the same as doing it for 13 hours, but it, it like felt, I was like, okay, maybe this is, maybe this is, is conceivable. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just looks, it looks crazy fast, but like, I think at the same time, 
you know, worst case, I get to go down there and, and run it and it would be cool. And I think like there's a bunch of different objectives like that are short of Killian's time that would be neat, you know, like breaking first like Ryan Sands, which like his attempt isn't even recognized, but I think he did a 14-14 like American okay. is the fastest American, okay. I think. Um, so there's that. Uh, and there's obviously Bland's record. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, only you and Killian have broken Bland's record, right? So George, George Foster. Oh, George Foster did too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. And then, you know, top three and, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, I think there's like tons of, uh, reasons to go down, even if like, I'm confident I'm not going to break it. You know, number one, I'm like never going to count myself out because like, I was pretty confident I wasn't going to break the Tranter. Um, and I think if the Tranter had been 839, like I would have been a hundred, I would have put like, you know, a hundred dollars on the table and been like, no fucking way I'm breaking this. Um, so, but I like, you know, I, obviously I, I would have probably, um, assuming I didn't yeah. blow up trying to chase that. So yeah, we'll see. And it sounds like you've had a lot of fun, uh, really getting like to know Tranters and, and sort of, yeah. Like I said, it's not like you've just pitched up and switched a watch on and gone. It's like you've got to know it and got to yeah. know how to run in here. And I hope you have that similar experience in the Lake District as a as a different place with some similarities, but you know, pretty yeah. different terrain again. And and you're you know obviously really strong on on this kind of stuff. And I'm really excited to see <laughs> how you how you get on with it. Um, uh, yeah, uh, you might not want to do this, but it'd be really interesting to see all your wrecking if it was on Strava. Oh People yeah, would be interested. But maybe I could post it. I could. I could. <laughs> I could post what I did. Uh, the only reason I don't love doing that is because um, Strava doesn't have a way where you can like see. Now, well, see, now it's a little bit different because I, all, all I do basically is FKTs. But like okay. Strava doesn't have a way you can like see highlights. Like if so, if I could, okay. I want someone to be able to go into my Strava profile and see like all the activity mm-hmm. as I'm kind of like proud of, okay, you know, yeah. um, back when like in, yeah. in 2019, 2020, I was like doing a mix of racing and FKTs and I was worried that stuff was just going to get buried yeah, because like okay. people didn't know to like look at like my, you know, my ITRA page or my ultra sign up page is like the U S equivalent or like my FKT page. Whereas like the way I have it now is like, they could just go to my Strava and they can just they can just see it's got it. all the, the it's FKTs. got all just got the okay. FKTs yeah basically but yeah, now because you're also there's a page a long page about you on fkt.com um, yeah and that links to all my Strava, links so. to stuff yeah do you have a website or anything no no I mean that would be the other answer is just to make a website you know so put them on there I but. suppose you're on um, Instagram yeah 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 what's the handle just my name Jack Hensel yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. any yeah, yeah and. Well, I mean, uh, so, are you, you know, you, you have plans, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I've had, I've had a great year so far. You've yeah. definitely given me some uh, <laughs> food for thought with the local challenges, which is yeah. so exciting for me, honestly, like to, to have someone, um, I mean, yeah, I'm repeating myself, but yeah, coming over, someone fast coming and saying, I'm going to make a real good attempt on this. Like, you know, you yeah. wrecked it. You probably wrecked it in a more focused way than than i've done i would say because i've known it over years so yeah it's evolved differently but and then just to come in and take that off it was it was so cool to see um yeah uh i i'm not yeah I, my next race is out in uh, switzerland yeah, so, yeah 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 i'm looking forward to that a wee bit of acclimatization i have more time for some training definitely keen to maybe get my weekly mileage up a bit and, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and see where yeah. that leads 
Yeah, yeah. I think like I think it would be so cool if like um, if more Americans come over here, especially like Americans in the Northeast, where like the style is like super similar, um, and then like vice versa. I didn't even realize it was similar style. Oh yeah, I don't think many. And I, I think Americans don't know realize. it either. Yeah, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it would be it would be great, and you know, to some extent, there's some stuff that has to be like really deliberately race and everything, but some stuff. You know, especially like the ascent. You know, if you go for an ascent record, you know, you could go and run it one time, take a look, and then you just yeah, you just rip it. You know, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's some there's some fantastic stuff. So I'd love to see that. But um, yeah, thanks a lot, Jack. Great, well, uh, great chatting to you. And I think we're gonna have have some lunch and probably continue to <laughs> continue the chat. Yeah, and and thanks thanks Finley. Right now, my my laundry is is in your laundry machine and. <laughs> You made me a wonderful dinner after I after I finished. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was I was telling Finley when I was running um, the Tranter, like there was a there was a fair amount of time spent thinking about like, oh my god, I got to go fast enough that I could be on the the Go Mountain Goats podcast. <laughs> you made it. Yeah. Well, on that on that note, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is Go Mountain Goats podcast. Uh, look at gomountaingoats.com. So there's there's the podcaster there. There's a there's the top ten leaderboards as well, which is uh, mainly just Lacabra at the moment. It's sort of a work in progress. So I'll certainly get that updated with Jack on the transfer. <laughs> um, anyone else has got anything to to send in who thinks they should be in the top ten? Then give me an email. Um, the email address is on the website, and I need to update it actually with. Um, my, I need to do a write-up on Jura. I managed to break three hours on the Jura fell race, wow. uh, which was probably my biggest uh, racing achievement this this year. Anyway, wow! So Damn. that was really nice to get onto that number, and uh, I will do an article on that <laughs> at some point. You love the numbers, yeah? yeah well, that's funny. Yeah, well, interesting. But you know, uh, Jura is not till next May, so uh, you know if you're gonna <laughs> gonna go and do that, then. You'll need to come back next year, Jack. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Right. Cool. Thanks, folks. See you next time. <laughs>